welcome to the Live Well for Longer podcast, the podcast for people who want to learn the art and science of healthy aging and longevity. Join me, Sarah Little, a wellbeing science specialist and positive psychology practitioner, as I share the psychology and behaviors associated with longevity and quality of life. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to the Live Well for Longer podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Little. In this episode, we're going to talk about how our social traits can impact our life for good or not so good. Social connections are imperative for good health and longevity. And if you're an introvert, don't fret because social doesn't have to be scary or hard. In fact, I'm going to share with you some techniques and some ways that you can meet new people, be social without losing your energy or feeling depleted at the end of it. So let's dive into today's episode. Now, this is a podcast I am deeply passionate about, and it emerged from my systematic review. So this is episode three, Cracking the Longevity Code, and it's the psychosocial traits of 100-year-old centenarians and near centenarians in the Blue Zones. Now, if you haven't listened to episode one and episode two, then I suggest you listen to those episodes as well. You don't have to listen to them in order. However, they will give you an insight into the personality characteristics of longevity, of of people who are centenarians and near centenarians and characteristics that you can adopt to, as well as behaviors. Now, this episode, however, is focused on the psychosocial traits, so the behaviors we engage in with other people. Now, I think it's really important to share the ethos of the Positive Aging Institute. And there are four key ingredients that we believe in, which help us to age well and to age powerfully. Now, these are our psychology. What is happening in our mind? What are we thinking about? What do we believe about situations? This is things like resilience, how resilient you are, how optimistic you are. And then we have behaviors. And this is things that you do on a daily basis, which may help or may hinder your health and your longevity, how long you will live for. Next, we have the environment. This is one of the most underrated ways to enhance your health, enhance your happiness, and live longer. I'm going to be sharing in an upcoming episode, The Power of Environment, and it is one of the major things you can do today to change your health, to be happier. And lastly, we have the community factors or the psychosocial factors. So us engaging with community, with the world, with other people, and we are social beings. So this is a really important episode. And it's probably the most challenging thing for you to master when it comes to 
tracking the longevity code. I say it's challenging because you can't control other people and you cannot control the dynamic relationship you have with others. And ideally, we would all have, you know, these amazing friends we can lean on and they can lean on us and communities that are very solid and strong. But relationships are dynamic. They are fluid. And they were there, so they are ever changing. But this doesn't mean that we shouldn't not engage in them. This just means that you need to learn the tools, techniques, and know-how to build solid, strong relationships that are authentic, so you can show up as your authentic self, and they can too, and meaningful. And these types of relationships are the types of relationships that are going to withstand the test of time. And timelessness is one of the most important values of the Positive Aging Institute. So this is this is quite the lesson to learn today. And I'm only going to be diving into it ever so slightly. So we're not going to dive hugely deep in today's episode, but we're going to dive fairly deep. I'm going to be sharing with you my experience from the last year of putting myself into communities and groups and building up friendships in my late 30s. And it's hard, especially when you don't have any family or friends around or you don't live in the country you grew up in, you know, so I can relate to a lot of people's challenges. You know, there's there's a lot of factors that surround how we build community. And it's not just, you know, if we have the resources, but it's also if we have the health. We have to feel good in ourselves. We have to have the right self-talk and be in the right state of mind. Now, earlier in the year, I had sort of maybe an epiphany, I guess, where I was very depressed and I was laying on the floor and I had just been crying for hours and hours on end. And this, it doesn't happen that often. In fact, that was the only time it happened this year. Uh, But before the last few years, it used to happen all the time, probably around eight years ago. I was, you know, I've always had this uh, challenge with Uh, depressive symptoms my whole entire life and that's something that I continue to live with this day and this is partly why I want to share these techniques with you share this information share the science behind it because these things have helped me and I went from being a very reclusive very um, shy very um I I very much embodied a lot of anxious symptoms, depressive symptoms, and that was in most part as well because of my environment, because of my relationships and my upbringing. And I was able to move past that. I said to myself one day that I didn't want to be that person anymore. I didn't want to live that way. And at my lowest low, I, I was very young. I was 17 years old and I tried to take my own life. And that is definitely a, a story for another episode. But I know how hard it can be to be the phoenix where you have to rise from the ashes. You know, but first we need to obviously, we need to be able to get to that place where we are strong enough to rise. 
And so this is why I think that, you know, I think the psychology is one of the most important things you'll ever do for your health. Just being a bit more compassionate with yourself, learning how to, to self-soothe and, and, and talk to yourself and nourish yourself in ways that are positive and uplifting and that don't sort of reinstate a lot of limiting old uh, traumatic beliefs and behaviors. You know, it's that's where the psychology comes into it. And when we get to that stage, then we work on the behaviors and, and the environment. And then when we're strong enough, we, we can build up solid friendships. We can come to these relationships very much in alignment with our own authenticity. Now, if you hear a dog in the background, that is my puppy, Luna. So she is snoring away. A little apologies. So positive social relationships are essential to your health. Essential, absolutely. And one of the things is that I want to share my lessons from the last year with you around social situations and how to have incredible relationships. So let's dive in. For me, as I've previously said, social situations don't come easy, but they are good for your health. So mm -hmm. it's important to not only engage in social relationships from a standpoint of it's good for your health, but engage in them from a standpoint of I want to do this. And I think we all need to find our reason why. Why do you want to have positive, a positive relationship with someone, whether that be a romantic partner, some friends from your community, or have some close friends? Why do you want these relationships? I think starting with the why is so absolutely important um, and imperative, really. And I started with my why at the beginning of the year. And my why was I didn't want to be a mother who was always feeling upset and who didn't have a strong social support system. My son was struggling through the COVID pandemic with his schooling and with his peer relationships. And I wanted to be a great role model for him. That really was my why to transforming my social situations. And throughout the year, I did start to engage in communities to build up my friendship group, to build up my confidence in being around people because it was a little bit like I had to find my own self-trust. I had to be able to trust myself enough to feel, one, safe in these situations, and two, to be myself. So I put myself in situations and communities that, I felt were very trusting, were very loving, and were very um, transparent. So I immersed myself in some amazing yoga communities. I put myself into some, I did a Crav Maga, which is a self-defense course. I immersed in a Buddhist retreat. I followed up with the people that I met at those places. And this is one of the key points I want to say. So what initially happens, it's kind of like a funnel. You immerse yourself in these communities and you go, okay, which are the ones that I love? And you just test the waters. And it's not like you have to commit. You're not in a marriage. And you test the waters and you see for yourself what groups of people resonate. And those ones that feel good, you commit to. I think it's really important to commit to weekly experiences 
Uh, however, if you can't because of financial limitations, time, personal, family reasons, where you can't be be away from your family for a long time, that's completely fine too. But find a, a steady schedule where you can commit to communities because this will allow you to build up rapport with people in those communities. And then you follow up. When you begin to meet people that you kind of feel like have a shared commonality or shared interest, which I think it's so important, especially as you get older, um, you know, you can have this kind of peer support around a certain topic and a lot of things lend themselves from that. And you find, you know, people who you resonate with and who you feel a strong, authentic connection with, you can then ask them for coffee or ask them to um, meet you at the park if they have kids and have a play date. Your kids can have a play date if they're around the same age or simply just, you know, go to the park, just have a chat, have a coffee, have a tea in a really public, neutral um, space and just get to know one another. No pressure. It's so important because to have no pressure because I think you know, a lot of times we think, oh, you know, something has to come out of this. There has to be some outcomes, some goals, some point to this. But just go and enjoy the company. Just enjoy the moment. There is no pressure around creating a friend for life or building up a solid relationship with someone. Just be in the moment. Enjoy their company. Enjoy their conversation. Be lively. Be engaged and curious about what they have to say. So that is number two. And number three point, so the first two was community. Two is follow up with people who you feel authentically aligned with. And three is really about um, opening closed doors. So this was a game changer for me because I met a lot of people and throughout the year and some people I didn't follow up with and even there were people from former years who I had met and I enjoyed their company but I never followed up with them because I always saw myself as this very shy introverted person and so number three is to open closed doors follow up with people whom you've had interactions with shared a coffee with in the past you know, experience similar things that you just want to follow up with and just say, hey, how are you going? I was thinking about you, asking and ask them about what they're up to or how they've been going with their business or life or studies or children. Just open those closed doors. And again, have no expectation. It doesn't have to lead anywhere. It simply, it simply feels good, to be honest, to just check in with people and see how they're doing. And it's nice. Sometimes they'll say, oh, let's have a coffee. Let's have a catch up. And that is really such a wonderful feeling. So those are three of my key lessons from the year. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the psychosocial traits of centenarians and near centenarians living in the blue zones. So just quickly, the Blue Zones are five locations worldwide where they have the largest concentration of centenarians, people over 100 years old, which is amazing, amazing, amazing. And I take my cue from the Blue Zones because I think they're amazing areas. But one of the key things 
across the blue zones is that they all have strong social connections with their friends, with their family, their neighbours and the broader community at large. So social relationships is an important element to ageing and I think it's often one of those things where we go, okay, I'll, I'll get around to it eventually. Eventually I'll do it. I'll prioritise it. Putati, putati, later, later. Um, I've been learning Italian. <laughs> so it's something we need to start prioritising today. You prioritise your exercise. You prioritise drinking eight glasses of water a day. But do you prioritise your social connections? Hats off to you if you do, bravo. But if you struggle with this, then this is something I really challenge you to commit to for the next year at least, is to build up social connections. Actively schedule in events, schedule in coffee dates, meet people, open closed doors, come back to those three things. How can you be engaged with the community at large, so groups that you're interested in with leisure activities or nature-based activities, which are two imperative things to health, which we talked about in episode number two, that you can be engaged in too. So think about that and start exploring, start researching. And then number two, focus on building friends, building friendships and opening closed doors. But we need to be able to build these social connections in order to improve our health and improve our longevity. So our quality of life as well as our quantity of life. Now, social ties, when we narrow it down a little bit, they're not only good for just quality of life and quantity of life. They are good for your mental health. They decrease depression symptoms and they build up resiliency. And we talked about resiliency in episode number one, and that is one of the most important things you can do for your mental health and for your healthy aging journey. So the thing about social connections is we think that because I have a friend who I can call on, I'm connected. I think a lot of us get stuck in this idea that a social connection is someone you can call upon or someone you see occasionally. But what I found in my research was that the people in the blue zones see other people daily. So 77.9% of people in the blue zones had social contact daily. Now, how often do you see people? How often do you engage in activities, hobbies, and meaningful connection with other people? So social connection is one of the most important elements of longevity. Now, I'd ask you, how can you build social connection into your year? What activities can you start participating in? Can you start volunteering? Can you start engaging with groups? Can you invite friends over for a movie night? Or can you visit your family more? So that is number one. That is the first element of our psychosocial, our community 
and building social connection, right? Now, number two, the second point I want to share with you today is religion. And now when I speak about religion, I'm talking about religion and spirituality interchangeably. So you don't have to belong to a faith-based religion. You can be connected to your own spiritual beliefs. But religion is one of the most important things you can do for your health, your happiness, and longevity. So one of the studies that I was researching found that 34.3% of Icarian participants had reported participating in monthly religious events and 32.9 in yearly religious mm. events now one of the big things across the blue zones was that a lot of the people had a connection to their spirituality or faith or based religion daily and that they actually prayed or they had a connection to their spirituality daily now I think this is a really wonderful and really important point because religion teaches us to slow down it teaches us all about awe all about savoring all about gratitude mm -hmm. and all of these elements are absolutely crucial for positive mental health so religion is correlated with psychological well-being measures so this is an important thing that we can do and it's one of the things that it doesn't actually cost anything. We can start. We have a lot of tools at our fingertips. We can start by learning about different religions. If we're not involved and in a single religion, we can start by learning about them, different spiritualities, different beliefs. I'm personally not religious, but I do take my spirituality from a lot of different practices, particularly Buddhism and Zen. And so for me, that's that's my spirituality. But I wonder for you if you feel connected on a daily basis to your spirituality. And if you do, then what are the practices that help you to connect spiritually? And if you don't, maybe you can start researching and learning a little bit about spirituality or a little bit about a little bit more about your religion or participating in faith-based services. These don't have to be church or, you know, certain um, religious communities. Think broader. Think about spiritual communities as well. I recently shared with you, I went on a silent retreat, and that was a Buddhist silent retreat. So religion or spirituality is an important aspect in helping us to exhibit Better, better mental health and experiencing higher positive emotions. Again, you are putting in the positive emotions in your bank account when you are experiencing things like religion and social connection. You are building up that positive emotional bank account. And that is going to give you dividends and health and happiness for years to come. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Now, if you do become more social and connected, you're likely going to feel better and you're likely going to live longer. Now, 
what I've shared with you is the knowledge, some of the knowledge and information from the science of well-being, as well as my personal experience. But I want to close on the note that real wisdom comes from the application of knowledge. And it's likely that you listen to a lot of podcasts, you read a lot of books on mental health, on well-being, health, diet, exercise, and self-help books. It's likely you've been reading these for some time. But I want to challenge you to choose one thing from each of my episodes. When you listen to it, just choose one thing that you want to change and to start implementing that one thing today it doesn't have to be a big thing it can be a small thing or it can be a big thing if you feel caught but I think it's important that we turn knowledge into wisdom and really that is what makes a healthy positive strong powerful aging person so whether this week you want to seek out some new community groups or you want to create a small altar Choose the one thing that you want to do which relates to social connection and or spirituality and religion. And I challenge you to commit to that one thing for a month. If you can, commit to, to one of these things for a whole year, even better. But just start with a month and I think you'll find that you will feel better. You'll be glowing. You'll be um, you'll be healthier, your immune system will be stronger. Now, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. You can find us on Instagram at Positive Aging Institute. We also have a private Facebook group called Live Well for Longer. And now next week's episode, we're going to discuss how to create a healthy aging Christmas plan for maximum health and happiness benefits over the Christmas season, because I know it can be easy to fall into, you know, this race, 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 you know, power through, power through, power through, struggle and put our health on the back burner. When in fact, Christmas should be a time where we are embracing our health and we are our happiness. So we're going to be discussing that in the next episode. I can't wait for you to listen in. And until then, have a kinetic and a connected week, my friends, and I will see you soon. As we conclude this Live Well for Longer podcast episode, we sincerely appreciate your presence on this journey. Your support fuels our mission. So remember to subscribe and leave your thoughts. And if you'd like to download a positive aging manifesto with seven traits to age healthy and happy, then visit positiveaginginstitute.com slash manifesto. Until next time, live a connected and committed life.